Well, hello, Gracians. It is wonderful to be back with you and sharing again via the glories of technology on the online platform. Can I wish you all a wonderful, prosperous and peaceful Happy Christmas as you approach the festive season, as you approach the celebration of the birth of Christ. And it is my, my joy uh, to share the word of God with you. I was actually in Singapore this time last year and uh, enjoying a sort of a, a doing a Christmas camp uh, for a church in Singapore just before the Christmas holidays. So uh, fond memories of your nation. I love being with you. Uh, I love your church. Uh, I love Pastor Wilson. And I'm so, so grateful for the opportunity to be sharing with you today. And I want to read something from the Gospel of Matthew. It'll be maybe for many of you very familiar. For others, maybe it's the first time you're hearing this. But it's a magnificent introduction to the Gospel of Matthew, the very first book of the New Testament. And so we're just going to pick up a reading from verse 18, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. And it says this, this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and he took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. What magnificent, magnificent uh, words. And I want to speak to us about this name, Emmanuel. What a name. And as we not only approach the Christmas season, but in the context of global events and local events that we are all experiencing, what a year 2020 has been with the lockdowns and the circuit breakers and uh, the, the restrictions to our movement and impact on lives and businesses. My goodness, what a year it has been. And yet, as we come to the end of this calendar year, we are approaching a season where this magnificent name, Emmanuel, will be on our lips, will be in our songs, and hopefully in our confession as we go forward. Uh, you know, in, in the context of the Bible, names are very, very important. In fact, they're, they're not just convenient labels that we're known by, but often in a biblical context, names reference something. They, they have deeper meaning than simply the label which a person is given. For example, a name might reflect the circumstances of a person's birth. A name could reflect the journey or the attitude of the parents in question. A name could be a reflection of both the aspiration and ambitions for the future. A name could incorporate the promises of God and a name could even reflect the condition of the nation in which 
that child is born. Names in the Bible are crucially important because they weren't just a matter of identification. They were actually inextricably linked to identity. And so when we see God giving a place a name, or when we see uh, the Lord uh, giving a person a name, these are massive events because they're not simply labels. They're not simply a form of identification. They are saying something deeper about the person themselves. And if that is true of humans, then it is profoundly true of the Lord. In fact, in the passage we've read, we've got two amazing names that uh, Jesus is going to be known by. Uh, The name Jesus is referenced twice in our passage, and we'll come back to that. But also this beautiful name, uh, reflecting back to to the words of the prophet, Emmanuel, God with us. And just for a few moments, it's that name I want to zero in on because this is not an accident. This is not so, something that's just a, a, a label or, a, or, or a, a, a moment or a note. This is God saying something to us. He's saying something to me and you. He's saying something to our world through this magnificent name. And when we look at this name, Emmanuel, there's actually, I suppose, three dimensions to it. There's a past There's a present and there's a future application to this glorious and magnificent name. First of all, uh, this name was important in the past. And and if you follow the link from Matthew back to the prophet, the prophet in question is Isaiah. And the passage is Isaiah chapter 7 and specifically verse 14. The context is King Ahaz is the king of Judah and Jerusalem, his capital, is now under threat from a combination of Aram and Ephraim. And and these two foes are now coming together and threatening Jerusalem. The Lord essentially speaks to the king, Ahaz, and says, don't worry about it. Everything will be fine. And then he says to the king, ask me, ask me for a sign, big or small. Ask me for a sign and I'll give you one that everything's going to be okay. And Ahaz sort of resists and he says, no, I couldn't possibly ask God for a sign. And the Lord gets a bit annoyed with them for doing that. And the Lord says, okay, you don't ask for a sign, but I'm going to give you one. And the prophet speaks, a virgin, a young woman will conceive. She'll bring forth a child and she will call that child Emmanuel, God with us. And here's what God was saying to Ahaz uh, in the catastrophe, in the uncertainty, in the anxiety, I am with you. Emmanuel in the past spoke to hope in the chaos. God was giving this name to that child, not, not, not Jesus at this stage, but that child back in the days of Ahaz as a sign of hope in the midst of the chaos. Fast forward, of course, it's not just a word for the past, but the word in Matthew 1 is a word for the present. It's speaking right into that moment of history. And of course, what's incredible is that from the end of the what we call the Old Testament into the beginning of the New Testament, you have a 400-year gap, 400 years of silence. 400 years where there doesn't seem to be a voice, at least not one that's recorded, a voice to speak to the nations. It's, it's this terrible season from, from, from the voice of Malachi now to the beginning 
of Matthew, 400 years have passed, and that silence is broken by this magnificent name of hope, this magnificent name of promise. As it were, God speaks into the 400-year silence, and he says, Emmanuel, I am with you in the form and person of Jesus. Into the silence, he speaks a promise, and into the silence, he gives this incredible sense of hope. What an amazing, amazing name. But of course, the name doesn't just have past significance in the day of Ahaz. It doesn't just have present significance in the day of Matthew, where God was saying in the silence, I am with you, but it speaks to the future. It speaks to our world. It speaks to me and you right now. The Emmanuel that we read in Matthew chapter 1 hasn't just got an echo in the past and it wasn't just a dynamic name for the present, but this name now speaks to the future. This name now speaks to the nations of the world. In the past, it spoke specifically to Ahaz in Jerusalem. In this context, it speaks into the moment where, where uh, Israel uh, is under uh, tyranny of the Romans and God is bringing a word of hope to his people. But the name would go beyond that moment and the name would reach into the nations of the world and give hope to the Gentiles, hope to those who have yet to hear that glorious name. It was a name that in the past brought hope in the chaos. In the present, it brought promise into the silence. And in the future, it would bring salvation to the nations. And you and I are benefiting from the grace of God today in our lives because of that name. Because actually, God said, I will be with you. And as a result of that, we get to enjoy what we call the Christmas season, but we get to enjoy much more than that. We get to enjoy an understanding that the Lord of heaven wants to come and be with us, walk with us, love us, encourage us, and bless us. And so when we look closer at this name, we see its meaning in a powerful application. Yes, it has a past uh, reflection. Yes, it spoke to the moment in which it was given and it speaks to the future. But but here's what it says. He, here's what this amazing name, Emmanuel, says to me and you right now today in our world. First of all, it says, he came to us. I love this. Emmanuel, literally with us is God. He came to to us. It seems like so many religions of the world, we have to find God. But the message of the good news of Jesus is that God found us. So often it's expected that we have to climb the mountain to find God. And here is God coming down from heaven to find us. In, in so many cases, we have to work hard to earn God. And yet here we have a picture of God doing for us, coming to us, meeting with us. He came to us. He demonstrated his love in coming to us. And when we recite and say and confess the name Emmanuel, we are saying God loved us so much that he came to us. 
He, he didn't wait for us to come to him. He didn't wait for us to find him. He didn't wait for us to, to climb that mountain of works and self-righteousness. No, no. He didn't wait for us. He came to us. And I love that. I love that. You know, sometimes as Christians, when people are talking about how they became a Christian, we say things like, well, we found the Lord or, or I made a decision to follow Jesus. And of course, there's great truth in that. But the reality is he found us. The reality is he came to us. The reality is that I, I got to make a decision to follow Jesus because Jesus stepped out of heaven and came to us. What a magnificent name. That's why this name's so important. That's why this name is given to us, because it's not just a label. It's saying something about who God is. It's, it's not just an identification. It is his identity. When, when, when this name is given to the Son of God, when this name is given to Jesus, it's a name that's saying something about the Lord himself. Emmanuel, God with us. He came to us. Isn't that beautiful? And as we're worshipping this year in our services or singing together, whether we're doing it in person or online, depending on the circumstances we are in, let's make a confession to ourselves. Let's make a confession to our world. Let's make a confession to everyone who will listen. Emmanuel, God with us. He came to us. Our world needs to know that Jesus came to us. And that's so important in understanding the power of this name. Secondly, he not only came to us, Emmanuel teaches us that he became like us. He became like us. Look at these magnificent words. It says that in verse 21, that she gave birth to a son. And we know not just from Matthew, but from the other gospel writers, especially as we dig into Luke and we have John's magnificent statement. We know that although the person we know as Jesus was 100% God, he was also incredibly, mysteriously, mind-numbingly 100% human. He became like us. We live in a world where so often we're, we're being told to become like God or become God-like or, or exercise our God-like qualities. Well, listen, listen, we have a God who became like us, who became human, who stooped down to our level in order to reach us and touch us and save us. I love how John puts it. John says the word, that's another expression for the Son of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And, and some of you will know that that sense of the word dwelling literally can mean he tented himself. He, he, he struck his tent. He put a tent in the ground and lived among us, which has this beautiful picture back into the Old Testament of God's tent. When, when God asked them to build a tent and he lived in the tent and lived among them. This image is unmistakable. Here's the Son of God. He, he leaves the glory and splendor of heaven. He comes to the brokenness of our world and he pitches his tent. He tents himself among us. What an incredible idea. I love how the message version 
of the Bible puts it. Not everybody likes the message, but this is cool. I like this, that the word became flesh, became human and moved into the neighborhood. What a thought that, that, that Jesus moved next door to you. What a thought that Jesus lived next door to me. What a thought that he lived in the same neighborhood that we live in, that he ate noodles with us, that he had chicken rice with us, that he became one of us. What a thought. The thought is even more staggering as to why he did that. He, he became one of us so that he could touch us reach us, show us the extent of his love, show us what God in his awesome magnificence looked like in a form that we could grasp and understand. So this Christmas, as we're singing these wonderful songs in person or online, let us make a confession that is Emmanuel, God with us, the God who became like us, the God who left the magnificence of his glory and majesty and became like us. Paul says, who did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself of no reputation and took on the form of both a servant and humanity, becoming obedient to death, even death on across. Emmanuel speaks to our world. Emmanuel speaks to our church. Emmanuel speaks to our heart that God came for us, that God became like us, that he came to us. What an incredible idea. And that's why this name is so important. It's not just a label. It's saying something of who the Lord is. Here's who he is, the God who came to us and the God who became like us, Emmanuel. Here's the last idea and I'll leave with you as we approach this wonderful, glorious Christmas season in remembering the birth of the Son of God into the world in Jesus. Emmanuel says to each of us that he came for us. He not only came to us where we were, he not only became like us, taking on human form, but he came for us. Did you notice in verse 21 of our passage, it says, you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. We get two amazing names colliding together here, Emmanuel and Yeshua. Incredible names. And in Emmanuel, we understand God is with us. With us is God. And in Yeshua, we have the idea of the Lord saves. Wow. Put those two names together. We have an amazing confession. We have an amazing name. That God came to be with us. And why did he come to be with us? In order to save us. He is Emmanuel the God who is with us, and he is Yeshua, the Lord who will save us. I, I love the Gospel of Luke, and in, and in that Gospel, Dr. Luke's, one of his big statements, one of his big heart pulse statements of the text is found in chapter 19, verse 10. For the Son of Man 
came to seek and to save that which was lost. If there is a message that resonates at the heart of the Christmas story, if there is a sound that we must proclaim to our world, especially, especially in this moment of human history, when our world is shaking, when our world is anxious, when, when everything that we thought was solid on the 1st of January 2020 has been shaken to its core throughout 2020, if there is a message that we must resonate and repeat and confess to the world, is it's Emmanuel and Yeshua, the God who came for us, the God who wants to save us. That we as humans are not alone. That we are humans as humans are not without hope. That actually the God of heaven who sits upon the circle of the earth has come to be with us. He has come to save us. What an incredible idea. I love that so much. He came for the lost. He came for the broken. He came for the wealthy. He came for the poor. He came for those who know they need him. And he came for those who don't think they need him. He came for those who, who are, are looking for light and hope. And he came for those who, who aren't looking for anything. He came to a lost and dying world to demonstrate his love. So often, if we're not careful, even as Christians, we reduce the Christmas story down to a sort of a Christmas card scene of a little baby in a, in a manger with a glowing light uh, and it's all lovely and, and fluffy and beautiful and, and delightful. Uh, and, and listen, it, it's marvellous, marvellous to have that. But we must not allow that Christmas card scene to take away from the dynamic, glorious truth of what is going on here. When the shepherds looked at that baby, when the wise men looked at that baby, when, when Mary and Joseph looked at that baby, when relatives looked at that baby, they were looking at Emmanuel. They were looking at the reality that God has come to us. That God has become like us. And that God incredibly has come for us to save us. What a magnificent thing that is. And though the child would become known as Yeshua, every time Yeshua opened his mouth, every time Yeshua touched the leper, every time Yeshua fed the hungry, every time Yeshua healed the sick, every time Yeshua brought a man or a woman to repentance and faith and salvation and deliverance, they would be reminded, God is with us. Some people saw that. Some people missed that. Some people celebrated that and some people cursed that. But no one can take away the reality. No one can take away the truth that God became flesh. That the virgin gave birth to a son and that that son was God among us. And that that God among us became a saviour for us. 
A virgin will conceive and you will get and she will bring a, a child to birth and you will give him the name Emmanuel, God with us. Why? Because every time we declare that name in our in-person services or online this Christmas, we are declaring this glorious truth. God is with us. God came to us. God became like us. God came for us. And our world needs to hear it. Church, Grecians, this Christmas, declare Emmanuel. If people don't know what it means, explain it to them. Use that glorious, magnificent name as a missional tool this Christmas to declare to your friends, to declare to your family, to declare to the people you work with, to declare the businesses that are under pressure, to declare to those that are lost and broken, to declare to those who are confused and anxious, Emmanuel. God with us. He came to us. He became like us. And he came for us. And this Christmas, I pray that you will know the reality of that name as never before. You as an individual, you as a Christian community, and you as a voice of Emmanuel to a broken and a dying world, that you and I will know the conviction and reality of that name as never before. And as we go into our world, we will live as those in whom Emmanuel dwells, a people who know that God is with us. So Lord Jesus, I pray for my brothers and sisters right now. In the midst of uncertainty, they will know Emmanuel. In the midst of anxiety, they will know Emmanuel. In the midst of challenge and perplexity, they will know Emmanuel. In the midst, Lord Jesus, of moments of difficulty and darkness, they will know Emmanuel. And I pray that through this magnificent church, in all its forms, in all the ways that it will communicate and connect with its world over this Christmas season, that, Lord, a message of hope will be communicated of the God who came to us, the God who became like us, and the God who came for us. Lord, I pray that Emmanuel and Yeshua will be the names that we declare over our city, over our nation, over our families, over our community, and over our world this Christmas. God with us, the Lord who saves. And may this Christmas, Lord, we see an expression of that wonderful name in our everyday experience. And Lord, may we see an expansion of that magnificent name through the declaration of your love, your grace, your truth, and your mercy in the Christian community in Singapore this Christmas. So Lord, I pray, may Emmanuel live in us. May Emmanuel live through us. And may your name be exalted in the nations of our world, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And so my brothers and sisters, may the Lord bless you and may he keep you. May Emmanuel lift his countenance upon you and be gracious to you. May Yeshua 
the maker of heaven and earth, the saviour of the world, turn his face towards you and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen and God bless you.